Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about colouring books, Cat's Cradle, and we have part one of our interview with Andy Fanot from St. Francis Hospice. Welcome, my friends, to another amazing episode of The Kindness Project. I am joined by a girl who is into frogs at the minute, and the man who thinks... He governs what makes a good colouring book or not. I'm joined by Charlotte and Rats. How are we doing today, chaps? Yeah, no thank you. Thank you. Right. Now, before we start recording this episode, we had a quick conversation about your new business idea. Do you want to share with the audience what it is, Rats? Well, it's a passive income idea rather than a business idea. Go on. Go on. And it's... We're the dragons. We'll be your dragons. And... um, it's low content KDP books. Right, go on. What's a uh, KDP? KDP is Kindle uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. So you post the books on Amazon, they print them, um, you pay for the printing, and. Right, yeah, you, direct, you get, direct, yeah, self publishing. Yeah. Self-publishing, yeah. And can you do that with a colouring book? Because you want a series of colouring You can do that so. with any kind of book. Okay. Absolutely anything. Line books, any kind of book. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, I have published a couple of books, so I should know, I should know that, really. And then, obviously, you get royalties from Amazon. Yeah. I might. I mean, I'm, I I don't know because we're waiting for the royalty check for the kind of project one, aren't we? We're waiting for we see how, ma- how many they've sold. But um, on the um, I got a I got a uh, royalty check from my first book, my boring pensions book. Uh, uh, through this, yeah, the princely sum of eight pounds. Some somebody's been buying it. That means. Well, that means more than one person's bought it as well. Yeah, the no, princely, the princely. Some I think two people have actually bought it this I know, quarter. I don't know where they're finding it, but when I looked on Amazon, there was second-hand booksellers selling it for quite a price. Well, it's a commodity, uh, Ross, isn't it? It's an expensive. It's an. It, it, it's a collector's edition because so few have sold. That's what's yeah. happened. That's the. That's the reality of it. Now let's go back to your colouring books. Charlotte, you had an idea that Russell thought was amazing. Do you want to share with you, the audience what that was? Frogs. Frogs. I've been, yeah. I've been working on frogs. Ribbit. You, you've been drawing a lot of frogs. My idea didn't go down particularly well, did it, chaps? <laughs> so I thought uh, a colouring book full of dishwashers, washing machines, just household appliances. Why, and please? I thought... I thought white goods to coloured goods or coloured in goods might be quite a good little thing. Have we you got forget, any better idea? From? You forget that a lot of household appliances are one solid colour. Yeah. yeah, makes it easy then, doesn't it? If you're if you're a novice yeah, colour arena, people don't want people, people don't, don't want easy. They want. Right, you're, hold on, hold on. They want intricate and complicated. That's right. The idea, the idea of a colouring book is you choose, don't you? If you want to make your washing machine psychedelic, make it psychedelic. If you want to make it 27,000 different colours, do that. Washing, washing it's a colouring book. Washing machine's just not going to work. Live long. <laughs> if you want to make your iron 
bright red. I'd love a bright red iron. I think you've stuck your head in the washing machine and gone for a spin, mate. <laughs> right, all right. Why could, maybe why good isn't the isn't the answer. Maybe pillows. About pillows. Only enough. The way pillows. Colouring book full of pillows. The way your hair's sticking, I mean, it looks like you've stuck your finger in a plug as well. <laughs> you know what? Uh, because as as you guys know, the reason we have recorded for a while, I mean, our, our listeners won't know this because we are seamless, aren't we? We publish, we publish so good. professional to a point. We publish week in, week out, but we haven't actually recorded any episodes for a couple of weeks because no, we I've had an operation on my ear, and uh, the challenge with that is um, I. Uh, didn't want to go to the barbers and get my hair cut and then mug around at the back of my head until it was properly healed. So I, I agree with us. It is an absolute mess. Um, You've got a couple of curly bits in the front. Oh, I, you know what? During, during lockdown, I loved growing my hair out. But you know, but you, I had to have a bit of gel. But sorry, stuff like that. it's not the biggest problem with having your ear operated, I know. It was the weeks, it was a couple of weeks beforehand where everything we asked you is this going on that going on we'll play it by ear. Look, you can't resist a good pun, can you? No, I mean, I, I can't believe that my white goods to coloured goods colouring book genius pun Russ, went Russ, down like a sack of spuds. You 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 weren't there the the. The week after he had the had the off, but if you were sitting on the wrong side of him, you'd just have to shout because he still couldn't hear. I've had that. What did you say? I've walked beside him and he said to me, come this side, I can't hear you. No, yeah, no, he no. I was, I was putting you on my deaf side. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, um, I would love, I would absolutely love to tell you listeners what's going on this week's Kindness Project. Russ has sent me an email without recording notes. The thing is, we were applauding your professionalism only two minutes ago, Russ. And then he's and suddenly you haven't put the show notes so that me and Charlotte can present. I was oh, gonna say God. I was gonna say something after our pre-recording banter, and then you were like, "Right, we're starting, we're starting, so we can have this conversation." <laughs> me, I was like, no, let, me, oh, "Let me tell you what's happened now." Well, don't don't worry about telling us. Just get the show notes over so we can start recording the actual content. Of the show. In the meantime, I will frogs. In the meantime, the in the in the meantime, me and Charlotte can have a bit of word association. <laughs> And we're going to pick subjects for your colouring books. So I'm going to go with cows. What are you going to go for? Farms. Farms. I'm going to go for dung. A dung colouring book. Beetles. Oh, a beetles colouring. But are they too? Are they too monochrome? To... Not, not beetles. Beetles. <laughs> no, not the. Sorry, why are the beetles <laughs> monochrome? They were in colour. They just didn't have that much colour telly back then. I think I'll get. I think I'll get in trouble if I put Ringo Starr on a colouring book. What's that? Well, it's a trademark. Copyright. Yeah, copyright. Right. I just oh, said. 
you know what? I still can't believe that Ringo Starr formed part of my childhood, and I didn't know for years he was in the Beatles. Because Ringo Starr, ah, well, do you know Raz? No. Ringo Starr narrated a show when we were growing up, I think it's still around now, called Thomas the Tank Engine. I thought you were um, saying it was your real dad then. That's Paul McCartney. Who's your real dad? Touch back and not your dad. Milkman, you know that. The Chinese milkman. The milkman. The milkman. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. On that note, have you sent the show notes, Russ? I yeah. So you've got Pals, Dung and Beatles as your first three... Coloring book suggestions. Oh. Listeners, if if you've got any coloring book suggestions, email them to hello at thekindnessproject.co.uk. Hold up. Oh, sorry, holla at thekindnessproject.co.uk. H O L I at thekindnessproject.co.uk. And we would love. <laughs> we, we would love. Project. We would. How about, how about the Kindness Project coloring book? And what would that include? Just a bunch of silly things we've said with weird designs around them. Yes. That that sounds quite cool. Now, this is what we do. We could have um, all of the things we mentioned in an episode. And episode one was, I don't know what we talked about, um, like loads of different stuff. And then what? Yeah, every page includes the stuff that we talked about in that let particular me, let episode. Me, let me tell you what, episode one has in common with episode 276, we're still talking rubbish. It doesn't matter what episode it is, we just ramble about nothing. Well, why don't we do a rubbish colouring book, just full of trash? That, that'd be about quite, that? Oh that'd my God, you can have... You could have little raccoons and hidden in the pictures. That'd be so cool. Russ has got a couple of them. <laughs> Russ has, Russ, actually, Russ has got a couple of them as pets. He keeps them in his trousers. We're, we're one, one for the left leg, one for the right leg. Sorry? What? Oh, sorry, no, Russ. That's ferrets, isn't it? I've, I've got that wrong. I've got that wrong. Um, <laughs> what the listeners can't see is me and Russ just shaking our heads. Is that is that a ferret in your pocket, Russ? Are you just pleased to see me? Anyway... What? That's me, Frankfurt. You know that. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Let's, let's, let's move away from this coloring book subject because clearly, if we were taking a, um, if you're doing a coloring book for Russell's Ferrets, it wouldn't be a kid's book. Um, uh, let's talk about Mug of the Week. Is Mug of the Week still going on? Or is no, that- I ran out of mugs so long ago. Oh, right, okay. So, question of the week, if we get any answers, and Raz and Charlotte can post it on social media as I'm now a social media ghost, is um, if you could buy a colouring book containing whatever you wanted, what would it contain? Um, Let's talk about the article this week. Sorry? Pictures that were already coloured in. (laughs) What, a a pre-coloured colouring book? That'd be perfect, wouldn't it? No. Oh, yeah. The art of colouring can be very calming. That, and, and you know what? Colouring is meant to be pretty mindful. You know, they they, they have started to market colouring books as 
sort of uh, ways to stay. I've, I've got a joke this week as well. Oh, you've got a joke. We're leaving it to I'll, the end. I'll Are you wait, doing it now? I'll wait till the end, but I've got a joke this hey. week. Uh, yeah, let me do us? my joke first. Can you? Oh, my joke. I, ha- my I, have to, I have to get territorial about my joke of the week. Damn, okay. Can you militant now. Can, can you believe you stepped on your toes for joking the Oh, it's shows? fine. He can do his jokes. Don't ask no, no one. Let let him do his jokes. Dave, is it is it not not who's there? Where's me ferret? Oh, Where's me, me ferret to? I'll have to check your trousers. there down there. Let me <laughs> let me do my joke now, so that Charlotte don't miss out. Oh, go on then. <laughs> what do you call a dinosaur part? A, a blast from the past. <laughs> I was, I was going to go with some pun on the word extinct, but with the word stink in there somehow. It, it stinks. Um, right. Uh, what's your article about this book, Janet? Well, uh, as of time of recording it, it is not planned or written yet, but the last one I did um, was on... Oh, I've been really obsessed with the child game Cat Cradle. Right, with the strings. With, with the strings, yeah. With the um, strings, yeah. Because, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen me with, like, hairbands and stuff, and I just like to have a little thing to fiddle with in my hands to keep my hands occupied. Otherwise, they're here, there, and everywhere. So I bought myself a Cat's Cradle to sort of keep my hands occupied so they're not flying about everywhere and I don't have to... But I kind of got, like, a little bit questioning about, like, hey, where's is this? So I did a little... You know, article on it. That's the last one I've posted. Pets cradles, right? Okay. Well, yeah. uh, please visit charlottedames.com if you if you want to know a little bit more about where's where cats cradles come from. The yeah. uh, the origin story of a cat's cradle. Interesting stuff. <laughs> Let's move on to Amy's news. Amy's news. Wanna give it a go, Raz? It's... We could do like Avatar. overlay them. Yeah, can you do an edit yours... job for us? Candice no. News. I've got enough to do, thank you. No, just edit a edit the Candice News jingle, Russ. Edit to, to your list, mate. Russ, Russ, um, I'll do it. Don't, don't worry about it. I won't. I probably won't. I would just... <laughs> Unless you guys want to send me individual audio files, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't I'll send you a WhatsApp. Oh, you know what we need to bring back the uh, the WhatsApp music game. Oh, Christ! Yeah, we do. Christ, for us. Expect an email tomorrow. And email. Actually, because uh, no, WhatsApp tomorrow, and because um, it's a, a marathon day as we record it tomorrow, it will be a running related song. I've got three yeah. in mind already. Um, sorry, um, are they running related songs that was on your running playlist? Or yeah, we have to study. I'm sorry. Running related songs that mention running. Running related songs that mention running. Okay. We I'll, I'll give you one there. You ready? We don't Keep have on running. Harder and harder. Oh, well, running running harder. harder. Faster and faster. Are you making up your own lyrics now, Russ? Go on, Charlie. You make... You what make was uh, that from? Sorry? What was that from? I, I, I can't remember. Go on then, you'll, Charlotte, you'll turn. Keep on running. Till you reach the sun. Till you reach the sun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Okay, maybe we <laughs> well, should play a lyric game. Well, somebody's in front of you. 
Right, let's do kind. Let's do kind of news. I'm going to talk about a uh, Josie from the Isle of Wight um, to get a short story published. Thanks to Kickstarter kindness. A seven-year-old girl from the Isle of Wight is having her debut short story published. Thanks to the help of kind islanders, a Kickstarter campaign has reached its £200 target to make Josie's dream of O-Bird being published becoming a, uh, become a reality. So far, she's raised £211, with any extra money likely to lead to additional copies of the book being printed. And many being donated to Lord Lewis Library in Newport. Josie's mum, Charlotte, explains the story was so good, I decided to create illustrations for it in the hope of getting it published. We are really grateful to everyone who donated to the Kickstarter campaign. Josie loves our local library and wants to donate some copies there. Not content with her amazing uh, achievement, and Bidges Josie is too fair for the story she's hoped to turn into books. You can check out her. Uh, Kickstarter com- campaign for Obird on Kickstarter and people pledging £10 on co- Kickstarter will receive a signed copy of the book at the end of the fundraising re- period in May. Now, I love anything that helps kids get inspire them with a passion. And I think that story is a lovely story um, highlighting how important it is uh, just to um, just just to sort of you know, spark a little bit of passion in a particular subject, and if it is writing, helping your kid write a book is probably is probably pretty brilliant to do. I know there's two new stories, but I just want to mention the uh, the skydive, the perfect layout are doing. Yeah, uh, our friends at Perfect Layout are doing it skydive. Um, in uh, for St Francis Hospice, who's one of our favourite charities, and we've invited Andy Fano back on the podcast to talk about St Francis Hospice this week. Um, uh, they're doing it at the skydive. Um, again, I've sponsored them and said it was possibly one of the scariest but funniest things I've ever done, and uh, yeah, encouraged them to yeah, do it. So, I'd never do it. We'll, we'll, We'll put the link to their sponsorship page on the show notes. And if you would like to sponsor two amazing people, do something quite scary for charity, uh, please get involved, get stuck in and and raise money for that. And on that that note, I'd like to introduce the interview for this week, which is for Andy, Andy Fanoe. Andy's a really great friend of mine. Love him to bits. met because of the podcast because he came into my office dressed uh head to toe in orange uh and i'm wearing i, I didn't realize but i'm wearing my marathon 2021 shirt which i did for St francis hospice and it's bright orange um today uh so uh what we wanted to do is get some of our amazing uh guests on particularly since the books come out and see what they're up to now. And he's quite prominently featured in the book as well. So let's listen to the interview. Yeah, we're good. Uh, right, okay, so let's crack on. Andy, great to have you back um, 
by popular demand on the Kindness Project. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, Christopher. Good. How long has it been since the last time we actually... I mean, we, we speak virtually every week, don't we? But, we do, we do. Uh, uh, but when was the last time we actually got the opportunity to sit down and talk on the podcast? Oh, on, oh on the podcast sometime. Yeah, I remember during COVID, um, Chris, you and Charlotte gave me the opportunity to talk about where we were as a hospice yeah. during those very, very difficult right. times. And I'm going to refresh your memory here, sir. I was living and looking after my pops, who was alive at the time, and he had an orange kitchen, and that was my setting. Do you remember that? 100%. So it was two years ago, wasn't there you it? Go. There yeah, you go. It was, it was two years ago. That's right. I'm glad your memory is better than mine. Um, and and um, talk to me about, because what, what we're trying to do at the minute, because we've got the sort of book out and we've got so much going on with that. I mean, and I'm so pleased as well that we're raising money for St. Francis, by it said in the book. So uh, if you haven't bought the book yet, listeners, make sure you take a look at the links on the uh, on the on the podcast. I know we're mentioning it every week at the minute, but please, please make sure you do that. Um, but talk to me about what's changed over the last couple of years as we've come out of COVID and as we come into whatever this new world looks like for St. Francis now. Well, that's a really great question straight away, Chris, because an enormous amount of budget that was set aside for ordinary patient care and patient things, so much budget had to be used to make us compliant as an organisation for the safety of people coming into the hospice during those times. We had to reduce the risk of infection coming into the hospice. So for that reason, the amount of patients, visitors were cut down, which we've never done in our history, yeah. but we had to. And then, of course, lots of plastic areas were put in place. Lots of furniture was taken away. The whole visual changed completely. Right. And, it, and it's took a long time to recover. And there was a lot of a lot of budget spent there, Chris, on making us up and ready if yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah. So that was something we'd never planned for, wasn't prepared for. Um, and then and then what's happened is when all the staff has come back from furlough and as uh, mass participation events began to come back to some kind of normality, you started to see regular fundraising going on again. Yeah. yeah okay. And then I've been in a meeting just two weeks ago, Chris, which has blown my mind with the cost of living increases and the fact that here at St. Francis Hospice, yes, the inpatient unit is purpose built, but the old house that we inherited or that we bought back in the end of the seventies is not an energy efficient house at no, all. No. So everybody is now stressing at what kind of expense we're going to have to find with the cost of living expenses. So well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, if it's energy, it's, 15, 20% as a minimum, isn't it? Yes, you know, so I was I was actually in a meeting just yesterday, sir, because I work with a company that do solar panels, they're energy efficient, and I'm yeah, saying yeah. I'm saying to the facilities manager here, I need to get you guys together because yes, there could be an enormous outlay, but it could save us a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I suppose that's the challenge, isn't it? You know, like that, uh, I know that you guys invest a lot in making sure you're sustainable over the long term. And that's the that's the win, isn't it? The win is in, can we deliver care today? It's can we deliver care over the next Absolutely. 30 years? Because as we've um, discussed, Chris, the most important thing 
about St Francis Hospice is that we're there for our community, that our patients yeah, come yeah. in and get the very best care possible. And to the very best of my knowledge, that's unaffected. What goes on around them is for us to deal with, yeah, not them. Yeah, so yeah. when they come, when they come in, it's all about them getting the best experience at the hospice. But this is this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Like we're having this conversation about the logistics of running a hospice, and I suppose part of the part of the thing you want is people in the background doing that work, so that yes. actually when you need the care, yep, you don't even know. You don't even know all of that stuff's going on. All you're worried about is how you want to spend the time at your end, end of the life with the people you love. Chris, I can I can give you a story that's as true as we are sitting here today interviewing each other. A very good friend of mine contacted me Thursday of last week. Hadn't spoken to her in a while. Um, oddly enough, I've done some fundraising with her. She, she's fundraised for, for cancer research in the past. And she contacted me and she said, Andy, I don't know if you're at work today. It's all happened very, very quickly. Mum's very sick. Mum's coming in tomorrow. This was Thursday. Uh, she came in on the Friday. I was out all day. You know how busy I am, yeah. Chris. I did Romford Upminster. I did Woodford and Ilford last Friday. So by the time I got back, I never saw them. But on Saturday, we had our St. Francis Hospice Ball in London. Yeah. And I was coming in to pick up those last few things and the van um, to go into central London. And as I'm carrying a parcel, I heard a knock and it was coming from a, an inside a glass door. And my friend was there and they opened the door and her and her brother was there and mum was on the ward. Um, and I was chatting to them and they were saying, oh, my God, this place is amazing. And where mum's come from, she's so strong, but she's settled. It's great. Sadly, Chris, she passed on Monday. Right. Um, That's yeah. the reality of the work that we do here. Yes. So yeah, exactly yeah. what you just said, the perception of the patient and patient family. They come in. They have that kindness that you constantly refer to until end of life yeah but everything yeah. that's going on around them we take care of yeah exactly and it's about taking that i mean i suppose the work of a hospice team is just taking all of that away so that what really matters at the end of life which is some of the people we love and just being cared for yes that's sir. all that that's all the focus on yes is sir there, is there a story that like explains best that you know what was the what was the thing? So I, know, I remember when we first met. Yes, sir. Like it, you were telling me stories about the like the the stuff that you'd like I don't know sneaking in a little bottle of brandy for somebody or like because at that stage it doesn't matter, does it? Do you know so, what I mean? So, so yes, tell, I've got tell me two. A bit about an experience. I've where got two stories there. You've two just made there. somebody happy at the end of their okay. life. Okay. Nobody sneaks booze in, Chris. It's open here. It's absolutely open. You don't have to sneak it in. So what happens is it's infamous. We've had a booze trolley here at St. Francis Hospice as long as I've worked here and long before. And actually, the trolley was in need of a bit of either WD-40 or a freshen up. So Barry Hearn bought us a new trolley, right? <laughs> true story. True story. However, what happens is... little plaque. The Barry Herman Probably. Probably. That, <laughs> and it probably gets polished. But yeah. here's the thing. What happens is, is that somebody pushes around at night um, a trolley that's got teas and coffees and hot chocolate and any hot milk, anything a patient may want. But if they want some booze, that is not a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if they want a glass of sherry or yeah. they want a little gin, because you know what, Chris, ultimately 
having that drink at that stage, that's not going to end their life. Yeah, exactly. The, the yeah. illness that they have is going to end their life. So, yes, have a have a glass of gin while you're yeah. – but I saw an amazing thing the other day, Chris, and, again, I need to tour you around because things do change. We, we had a young – a really, really young patient. Her name was Rhea. Um, on our social media, on our website, you can read Rhea's story. I won't go into that now, but she was in her 20s, 25 actually, and her family have funded – uh, a pergola in our. You showed me when I was yeah. there. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's big enough. It's got outside heating and all that. And I watched a patient the other day get wheeled out in his bed. He was in his bed, big smile on his face, and he came out and he went in the pergola. They switched the heating on and he had a cigarette, Chris, <laughs> right? And honestly, I kid you not, this is what I witnessed. Yeah, at that stage, mate, it don't matter, does no, it? No, and I mean, he was it made somebody happy. Chris, he was happy. He yeah, was happy. Yeah. He was yeah, happy. Yeah. But uh, do you know what? Something I've saved to tell you for this, specifically for this interview today, when you talk about the work of St. Francis Hospice, what we do and how we try to go above and beyond, I got brought into a meeting. This is so fresh off the press. It's not even really out yet, Chris. I got brought into a meeting two months ago. There is a company. Uh, they run a thing called a Jumbulance Research right. it. Ask your listeners to research Jumbulance. Yeah. It basically is what it says on the tin. It's a jumbo ambulance. And the yeah. idea behind it, Chris, there is enough room on this ambulance for patients to come on, whether they're bedbound, whether they're in wheelchairs. Yeah. And this is the first time we've ever done this at the hospice. But what's happening is the Jumbulance is coming to us in December. And I think there's room, don't quote me on this, but I think there's room for 10 patients all with one-to-one -one care with a nurse and a member of their family and they're being taken to london to see the sights and the lights oh, for man. the very last time for the last time now here's the thing chris this is where i come into it. i think so why am i in this meeting and then i find out that it needed funding so they said to me andy is there anything you can do here we the invoice is going to be for 1250 pounds um in an ideal world We'll get another couple of hundred pound on top of that so that we can provide snacks and drinks for the patient's family for this trip. So, Chris, you know me. I'm a sucker. I was sold instantly. I was sold. I was like, right, I'm I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what I've done, Chris, is I've gone around to various different networking groups that I do and the different businesses that I've traded with. And instead of saying to somebody, could you give me a lump sum? I've asked five, six different to do £250 each. And I've got it. Oh, amazing. And I've got amazing. it. And I'm so proud, Chris. I'm almost emotional as I'm telling you this. Well, the, because the memories that's going to create, Andy, are going to be huge. It's a, it's a money can't buy thing, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, At the end of the day, yeah. again, the patient doesn't have to worry about the expense. I've worried about that. Yeah. I've worked with some tremendous people that have stepped forward and said, that is an exceptional thing to do. I'm in. I'm yeah, in. Yeah. And for a successful business, Chris, £250 isn't, isn't backbreaking, is it? No. No, and, and but the the reality the reality is, Andy, and again we've spoke about this quite a lot. You and I, I don't know if we've ever spoke spoken about it on the podcast, but my experience working with business people, as you know, I do in my sort of in the in the day job and being part of the commu business community and all that sort of stuff, is most business people who have done all right do feel with uh, not an obligation but a desire to give back 
Chris, um, your, do. your philosophy, your, not your philosophy, unique. your philosophy of do well, do good, has stuck with me. Yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. stuck with me. But you know, you know that, that uh, as I said, like we we articulate in that way. But there's plenty of business people out there who, given the opportunity, will just contribute because yes. they know that they've been lucky enough. And y- yes. Like, you know, I said I was at the thing yesterday, and somebody I I, I always say that I'm, I've been lucky, and I go, no, you worked hard. I was like a bit, but also there's that element of luck. Um, if you've been lucky enough to have opportunities that have allowed you to build something of worth, then you you do want to give back. And, uh, and you know what the weird thing is? There's an element of like you want to make sure that like. The local hospice is there in case your family needs. One hundred percent, your family. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Chris. You are, if you don't mind me saying, you're selling yourself just a little bit short there, because you're saying, oh, if you've been lucky, I would agree with those people that you've spoken to. You've worked damn hard to be where you are now, Chris. Not everybody has the guts to go out alone and start a business. There's many people that are employed with good jobs and they're paid well and they think, I'm doing okay here. I don't need to step outside the comfort zone. You did, sir. You did. And by by you doing what you've done, you've also created jobs for other people. You've employed people. And Chris, we met the day that I walked in and did the Kindness Project podcast with you for the first time. Since then, we've not only become great friends, I've discovered... What an incredible man you are. Please, no, Chris, please do not sell yourself short. And I'll tell you why. And I want your listeners to hear this. Because of our friendship, because you have an interest in running, I said to you, come on, Chris, I really think you could do the London Marathon and you could do it for the hospice, right? And at mile 17 at Mudshoot, Chris, me and you, and I'm getting emotional as I say it, me and you had the most emotional hug well, as you I were mean, 17 I, miles through the marathon. You are a man more, I admire. More form pushing the family out of the way to get a hug first. I was up for the hug, but, but like pushing my kids out of the way, that was it. <laughs> I'm joking, clearly. I know, you would, I know. You I know. But you know so what, what, what it is for me, what it is for me, Chris? You know, I don't know if you know this, but one of my mates, um, and he's such a lovely guy, is your photographer. So I was out for a drink with him a couple of weeks ago, Trev. I love Trevor Robinson. Yeah, Trev, you know, you know I'm mates with Trev. You know we go out for curries and drinks and stuff No, like I didn't that. know that. I didn't right, know okay. that. So he... Trev, Trev, Trev I've known for, he used to go to my gym. I've known him. I've known him for years. I know he was at the ball. He was at the uh, ball. Very smart as well. He looked very, very smart. Uh, and he does like loads with the cadets and stuff like that. And and even though we'd been going out, so every month we go, we did the we did the Bermondsey beer mile a couple of months ago, like back into the summer. That was a bit weird, but but he's such a, he's such a good guy, Trevor. We've got loads of time for him. Um, and clearly, I know about the work he does with you and stuff like that. But Cassie said to him, uh, uh, Cassie said to me, I said, oh, right, I'm out with Trev tonight. Trev. I'm right, say thank you to Trev because he was so good with Sophie and Charlotte when they were there. And it's that, like, anybody involved in the Oz bit, it's be it, you know, working employed or just helping out. and Volunteer. There's a, there's such a good vibe around, like, what everybody does. Is it, like, do you find that? 
Chris, it's a family, and there's mm. and 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 there's a photograph that exists from this year's marathon. We're at mile 17. We were, we were traditionally always at mile 23. Then when it was kind of coming out of COVID, they weren't really letting the charities along that stretch, 23. So we went 17, and it's almost an unknown area. But what's great is there's no barriers at that point. So again, you've got that personal connection with yeah. your runners yeah. that you've worked with for so long. But this year, Chris, we had literally an army, an army oh, of orange man. and there's we have a guitarist his name's skip atkins if i never told you about him at the time we could do a whole kindness project on skip atkins an incredible man whose wife passed away here at the hospice but when she was dying he's a musician and he was allowed to bring his guitar on to the walls and sing and play to her when she was dying right now what he does is he busks and fundraises for us and if you look at his guitar, he has an orange scarf that's that's tied around the fretboard, right? Right. That, that's the scarf his wife used to wear when she was dying. Oh god. That... So he busts. So he comes to London Marathon. He brings his guitar and a portable amp, and he ramps up the songs. and And there we are. All these runners are going past, and we're singing Amarillo. And there's this orange army, and you can't miss us. You you can't fail to hear us. And Honestly, Chris, it's my favourite day. And if you wasn't yeah. running, I'd ask you to be involved in that station because it's the best cheer station on the yeah, London Marathon. Amazing, absolutely love it. What? Um, so tell me about the ball then, because we we haven't spoken since then. Where did that go? Okay. And tell it, our listeners a little bit about what what you did. It was incredible. Over the years, we've done many balls. We always look for sponsorship first, so that wherever whatever we're laying out is not too expensive from a fundraising perspective. So when we did a James Bond ball a few years back, just slightly pre-COVID, uh, the Aston Group sponsored that. Yeah. So we had an Aston Martin outside of the entrance and all that. There is a glam that goes with balls, isn't there? You know, we, I even went and got a bow tie myself this time and three-piece suit and everybody dresses up. But it's all in aid of St. Francis Hospice. So over the years, we've done Highlands House. We've done Allsit Hall. We've done the Essex places, right? Because we haven't been able to do anything like that for the last two, three years or engage with our major donors, the major donors team said, we're going to go for this and we're going to go for it big style. Yeah. So they went... Central London. They yeah, went Central yeah. London. People were behind the venue. It was spectacular, the Amazing. venue. And yes, Chris, there is an outlay, but you're a businessman. You speculate to accumulate. You look for a return on your investment. Yeah. Yes, we invested in this event. I can honestly tell you, hand on heart, Chris, profit is over a hundred thousand pounds. Amazing. Great stuff. Think uh, about think about that for patient right. care. So that was Andy, bit of a legend, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on that note, we are coming to the end of the show. And it's the end. Even though Russell did try and gazump your um, your idea, it's actually time for Charlotte's joke of the week. Now would be the perfect time for my nose to start leaking. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that a joke? No, sorry. Ah, there we go. Knock knock. Who's there? Yeah. Thermos. Thermos who? There must be a better way to get to you. But that's awful. Awful, awful. Yeah, that awful. was truly awful. Yeah. When Russell's joke is better than yours, you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah. But I love it when it's awful. So thank you, yeah. Charlotte. I appreciate it. That is the end of another Kindness Project. We would love to see you next week. Have a lovely remainder of the week, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>